Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me in the hot seat is a special guest by the name of Marcus Norman. And here is a bit about my guest, Marcus. He considers himself a a serial entrepreneur with a multitude of businesses that he invests his time, energy, and heart into. He's hailing all the way from the Caribbean, a small island called St. Croix. So big up St. Croix. I am definitely Caribbean descent too. Um, So additionally, he served eight years in the U.S. Navy where he owned and sharpened his skills at a young age while growing into manhood. He is the CEO of a real estate investment firm and property management company based in Virginia, started an investment firm that seeks to achieve higher returns for its investors, board members, and market partners through traditional markets and alternative uh, markets, foreign and domestic. And they are located in primarily 757 area and growing. He is also the podcast host of a show called Gentleman Style Podcast, a show dedicated to the upliftment, encouragement of our men and women across the globe, bringing fresh vibes to hot topics surrounding culture, relationships, businesses, finance, sex, dating, faith, dot, dot, dot. So without further ado, please welcome the man behind it all, Marcus Norman. Hi, so grateful to be here, Ms. Jim. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Marcus. And so just for clarification, are you Caribbean descent or do you just live in St. Croix? I'm Caribbean descent. Oh, okay. Are both of your parents from St. Croix? Yes, they are. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So I am (laughs) Curasonian and Vincentian. Oh, you win. She wins, (laughs) y'all. She beats that trumps my card. (laughs) (laughs) So now um, I definitely like to give my audience a chance to connect with the guests that I bring on in a fun and personal manner. So if you've done your research, you know what's next. So there are two options you can choose from, Marcus. We could either do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Let's do the rapid fire. Okie dokie. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis. (laughs) And Marcus, do 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 do. <laughs> I love question, that. <laughs> question number one: What is your favorite Caribbean slang? A uh, tree. Tree. Okay, so whenever I hear tree, my niece loves to say tree. And for those of y'all listening, tree could be the number three, or it could be something else. So, what <laughs> what do you mean by tree? So exactly that. Um, when when we say it, it can mean the number or it could mean the physical plant that's growing out in your yard, a tree. So and you never I even being growing up there, I still struggled with that um, because my father was an English teacher. So it was always unique when someone would say, man, 
I hate trees. I was like, what? Or or you have to you have to know the sentence that they're using it in in order to know which one they're they're talking about. If you just hear it, you don't know what in the world they're talking about. So true. <laughs> I just crack up because my my niece is so funny. She's like tree tree. <laughs> mhm. Like which one you want to like which what what do you want? Use your words. <laughs> so question number two. What is your favorite thing to cook? And if you don't cook, do they have like services down there like Grubhub, DoorDash, and Uber Eats or some local food delivery service? Because I haven't been to St. Croix yet. I like to I like to make stew goat. Um, I like stew goat meat. So, you know, very simple. Get it, get your seasonings and get your potatoes, get your carrots and crock pot it up very inexpensive and not a whole lot of work to it um but so so delicious goat meat um once cooked right um it's very delicious i think with goat meat you have to have the right type of seasoning too yes yes you're not going to get away with adobo or mrs dash people you got to know what you're doing here you actually gotta you gotta you can't be listening to the ancestors and just wing it (laughs) with the salt Question three, with you being a podcast host, is there someone that you admire or a celebrity that you would love to interview on your show? Um, I would love, 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 love to interview Michelle Obama. Ooh, y'all, is he ready for this challenge? (laughs) So I love challenging my guests who are also podcast hosts. So my challenge for you is to pitch Michelle Obama, whether you're sliding in her DMs or you're reaching out to her PR. I'm going to give you two weeks to complete this challenge. And in order for me to hold you accountable, you must send me an email when you have reached out. And I would say screenshot it because like the young people say, don't you hate it when you get screenshot? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because- What good is wanting to interview Michelle Obama if you won't be ballsy to reach out, right? Right. Um, So I have, I'll do it again, though, for the challenge. Sure. Wait, wait, wait. Then is it really a challenge if you've already reached out? So you haven't heard back? Um, I did. (laughs) Okay. What was the answer? Um, You can't afford her. I I reached out to her PR team and it was like, well, there are some other um, guests that you could, you could reach out that we could possibly uh, (laughs) explore. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what? Another one bites the dust, but persistency is key. So you can be there for this challenge. You could reach out to her or pick another person that is on your list of people to interview so if you want to stick with michelle obama let me know if not let me know who your next person is because i need to hold you accountable that's fair i'll reach out to kevin o'leary from shark tank okay cool so we'll we'll rock with that and don't forget screenshot and let me know when you reached out yes ma'am okay question number four if you could have any superpower what would it be um the ability to read minds that is such a cheat code. That's a life cheat code. Question five. Be it, growing up, 
in a Caribbean family, what's the one thing that your parents always said that got underneath your skin? One thing that my parents always said that got underneath my skin. The one thing that my parents did or said um, that always got underneath my skin is um, money doesn't grow on trees, right? You, as a child, you want stuff. And it's like, what do you think this is? Do you think money just grows on tree? No, you can't have that. And that was the most annoying thing ever. And so growing up, I, I developed a, a mindset of, you know what? I'm tired of getting told no. So I went out and earned it. And that motivated me to get a job and make my own money because I was just tired all the time of just, what do you think this is? What do you, what do you think? I look like the bank. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So I hated that. I highly disliked that. I love that because whether you grew up in a Caribbean household or American household, people always say money doesn't grow on trees. And you're like, well, technically it does because money does come from paper. And if you give that smart ass remark to a Caribbean parent, your face may be (laughs) looking back at you. You might be face planted in that tree. (laughs) Oh, don't forget tree, tree, tree. Yeah. Question number six, if you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, here's the kicker though, they're not flying back to St. Croix for some time because the pilots have now went on strike. And just for context for you Caribbean listeners, these pilots are working for Liet. You know, they're unreliable. (laughs) Where are you headed? I'm headed and I can't fly back. Um, For some time until Liet pilots decide not to be on strike. I am heading to Dubai. Ooh, okay, I could I could rock with Dubai. Yeah, I'll 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 make it out there. I think I could figure things out. Question seven: What's your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Tea. Okay. Question eight: If you only got three random acts of kindness per day, what are your three acts? Um, my three acts of kindness would be to um, give to people who are truly in need. Um, my second would be to to um, fee, provide shelter for the homeless um, in, a, in a tent city type of format, but just better housing. And then my third act of kindness would be to to give my knowledge or spend some time with a young man and, and, and give him some insight and give him the nuggets and tips um, that we sometimes miss growing up. Um, there are a number of different things that I wish someone had told me and just sat down and took the time with me, you know, outside of the normal things that my father and parents did, but just life hacks, right? Just those life hacks that, hey, do this. When you get to this point in your life, do this. When you get to this type of Girl, do this, right? Those life hacks, those cheat codes. Um, so those are my three. I like that because it shows servant leadership there, but it also shows um, your, compa- your compassion for other people too. So question nine, if you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be? Nelson Mandela. 
And question 10, it's our pass or play question. Here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed for this one question. So you get to ask me something. If you choose to play, I ask you one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I'll play. Okie dokie. If you could hop in a time machine and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? If I could hop in a time machine, I would give myself the advice of... Don't one I don't give up. Okay. I gave up on a lot of things early on and prematurely before ever seeing the fruits of my labor. And don't forget who's in control, which is God. I love it. So thank you for playing Rapid Fire Marcus with Genesis. Now we're gonna get into understanding more about earning passive income and just really what does that look like but then also how you stay grounded and rooted with God being the Lord and Savior of your life. Absolutely. So passive income, one of the things that I speak to in in my mentorship when I talk to young men and women is do what you love. Find the thing that do that you enjoy, that you love to do. Um but don't forget to be a servant right? If you focus on money, oftentimes the things that we focus on in our lives, that becomes the focal point and that's what you end up keeping. Um, so instead of focusing on money and acquiring more money, because money is come and go all the time, focus on being of service. And the, the Bible talks about those who serve the most people, um, those are the people that truly do well in life because you're providing a, a, a need. You're filling a void that people are missing. And so I work hard in figuring out who I am as an investor and as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. And I, I want to help people. That's why I, I created my show, um, Gentleman Style Podcast, because I want to provide information and insight on passive income. Um, I've interviewed guests like um, ATM business owners, real estate investors, um, but also um, art investing or comic book investing, the things that are seemingly taboo, how to make money in gaming, right? These are not traditional passive income sources for the, for that our grandparents or our parents knew about. And so I want to bring one place where you can go and really dive into some other income streams that don't require that necessarily don't require you to actively be somewhere or physically be present in order to make money. The pandemic really showed us a lot that um, the nine to five is not it anymore. The traditional nine to five job um, will let you go um, if the, if the market demands it. And unfortunately we can no longer sit by the wayside and sit by on the sidelines and say, well, you know, I'll just work at this job nine to five, 30 years. And that's it. And I got my 401k and I got my retirement and that's good enough. That is no longer the case. You have to be doing something on your own and outside of that nine to five in order to survive and to thrive. Absolutely. And I could tell you hands down, no shade in the game. I was one of those nine to five people in the pandemic that was 
laid off along with 19, uh, 1,900 other people from oil and gas because the market hit the lowest it's ever been. It was at negative 37%. And it may not have been the lowest it's ever been, but then oil and gas was not doing good. And so if I didn't have like, you know, my eggs and other baskets, I would be SOL, crap out of luck. That's the nice way of putting out of luck. But um, I definitely like how you talked about the importance of having versatility and really understanding that you can't necessarily bank on these corporations because we've all seen that these corporations are not as loyal as they say they are. And with you being a serial entrepreneur and an investor, there's different types of investors investments. There are smart investments and there are bad investments, but what are you investing your money in and how is it going to give you an ROI, a return on investment? Because you brought up a great point, gaming, esports, I think that's a $500 billion industry. Um, And these little kids out here, y'all are making bank. I went to this esport event and I'm like, what is this? But it's because I went to speak there And when one little kid told me he made 500 grand a year playing video games, I'm like, hold up school. I'm like, what type of video games are you playing? (laughs) Right, right. And then now like we have digital currency, right, Marcus? So we have the Bitcoin, the cryptocurrencies, NFTs, all these other stuff which I haven't tapped into. And there's other ways like real estate. And if you don't have all the money to get into real estate, you know, there's crowdfunding that you could do to get into real estate. There's not just residential real estate, but there's commercial real estate. There's different vehicles and avenue. So with you being a serial entrepreneur, especially coming from small island of St. Croix, as you put it, And sometimes we don't always see people that are within our family that are entrepreneurs because they tell you, oh, go to school, get a good job. No, go to school, get a degree, get a good job. No one teaches you how to be an entrepreneur because they're like, that's shaky. It's a little rocky. But when you think about all the successful people, some of them didn't even have college degrees and they're out here making bukus. True. So true. So true. So many people, um, you see the successful people, they usually get the college degree afterwards because they entered the workforce early and they learned about um, what it's like to balance a checkbook, what it's like to manage money. And they made a lot of mistakes earlier than the average college student who just borrowed, may have borrowed just a whole bunch of money and said, oh, I got money. I got time. I can pay this back. And then at the end, at the tail end of that education, now you've gone into an industry that may not pay you enough. And so you brought up a a great big point, a huge point. I am very diversified. So I still have some small holdings in traditional investments, but now I've expanded my horizons to other investments, alternative investments. But the big, at the core, you need to know one of two things, Um, preferably both. What type of investor are you? Are you, are, are you a boots on the ground? Do you want to be very involved in this investment? Are you want to do some day trading or are you a passive investor? All right. So if you're this passive investor, you want to invest in things you need to know at its core. And I just had this conversation with a young man. You need to know how you make money. If anything, if anything else, charts, analysis, all of that can come later. But you need to have a firm understanding of how I make a dollar. I had a friend. She bought two semi trucks. She had no clue (laughs) 
where the money came from or how she made money in the industry. And so when the money stopped coming, she couldn't trace it anywhere because she had no idea where it came from. And so I work very hard in investing. I've now, um, I do real estate, but I have hard, physical, tangible real estate assets, but I also have electronic assets. And there are companies, there are websites, Fundrise, Yield Street, Peer, Peer Street. These are all platforms that allow you to invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty. So you need to know what it is, what type of investor you are. Um, if you're, and again, we're talking about passive income. So I, I, hands off, that is very appealing to me because I have other things to do. I have podcasts to do. And so passive income allows me to invest in a multitude of things and, and do other things and kind of duplicate myself. I invest in ATMs. I own a portfolio of 13 ATMs. Those ATMs make me money irregardless of whether I show up or not. As long as the ATMs are running, they have power and there's money in them. I make money irregardless of what the economy is doing and what, and more importantly, what I'm doing. So let's pause there because you mentioned you have 13 ATMs. So this is one of your conduits for passive income. So how did you get in, involved in owning these ATMs? And just give us kind of a blueprint of how you did that. And then the other thing that you said was that real estate, how you have electronic real estate versus the hard real estate, because I think that's a sexy way for people who may not necessarily want to bootstrap it in real estate, especially if you don't know all the ins and outs with real estate because it could actually bite you in the behind if you go into it without doing your due diligence, your market research analysis, and knowing who you're partnering with, especially if you're buying a foreclosure, if you're buying a short lease, if you're buying something, um, what is it? Something using a turnkey provider where you're paying all the money to that turnkey and then you're like, dang, I don't get that much money, but I spent all of this. Well, don't forget, you have to pay that provider over there. They went through and sourced everything for you. Or if you are, what is it? There's another avenue to get into real estate, but I'll come back on that one. And you may know it. No, so yeah. So the electronics, so you're right. There's a commercial, there's the, the, the residential, there's the vacation rental. If you want to go into that space, that's a form of real estate. So all of that is passive income. Um, but it requires some form. It requires you to do something. It requires you to be somewhere, even on a turnkey basis, right? Where you give someone a lump sum of money and they really set up the process for you. They already have the real estate. They already have tenants inside the property. They already have the property management in place for you that's collecting rents um, and dealing with the issues of the tenants. They're answering phone calls and broken toilets. So turnkey is, that's what they're doing. It's already established for you. You just sit back and collect a check. Um, and so you, again, going back, you have to really know what you want to be. But if none of that appeals to you, and if you're a Gen Z like myself and, and forward, you may be interested in, in, in electronic real estate. And I'm not talking about virtual real estate where we're going into the virtual space of NFTs and all of that, but there are companies, electronic companies like Fundrise and Peer Street and Yield Street who they do the real estate for you. They do the investing for you. They vet and research the investment for you. You pool your money with them and they invest that 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 in in those properties a pool of properties it could be a mix it could be residential it could be airbnb it could be vacation it could be commercial 
and th- and your money is pulled together with a slew of millions of other investors and now every quarter or every month you get broken off a piece of that pie and you you didn't answer any phone calls about toilets you didn't clean any toilets you didn't have to deal with any property management issues and you don't ha- and for the most part right there, with any investment there is some inherent risk but are you willing to to forego that risk for peace of mind and that's why you really need to know thyself and know what type of investor you are for that 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 semi that semi passive or fully passive form of investing i like that know thyself because then you can know what your personal squat analysis is what are your strengths what are your weaknesses? What are your opportunities? What are your threats? Do you need to find a business mentor? Do you need to find a coach? Do you need to link up and collaborate with someone that has been where you're trying to go and they could give you the blueprint? Because I always tell people, don't go into something blindly because when you go into something blindly, it's like whenever you touch that stove and you know, when you were growing up, they told you don't touch that because it's hot, but you touched it anyways because they told you not to and you were inquisitive and you're like, ah, damn, it's hot. Well, we told you not to touch it. So you definitely have to know thyself. So I love that, Marcus. And then let's talk about um, the ATMs. How did you first start off investing in ATMs? And if someone is interested in you know, investing in ATMs, how can they get involved in that? Right. So I got involved with ATMs after I had bought um, several property rental properties. Um, I still had a slew of money. It wasn't enough to buy another property because that's the biggest, um, I guess, issue with real estate is you need cash, right? There's a certain level of, there's a barrier to entry into real estate. Um, So I literally got on a computer and I researched, what can I do with this sum of money? What can I invest in? An ATM business popped up. It was the first thing on Google. And so I researched, bought books, and I was courting a young lady at the time, and I shared with her, said, hey, um, <laughs> I think I want to do this. And within a month, I had purchased, I had found a location, I had purchased the ATM, and it was delivered to my garage that second, that first month of, from when I talked to her to the, the following preceding 30 days. And I had my first ATM installed, and you know, I've grown that over the course of several years um, to now 13 that I own. But I learned, I, I literally did soup to, to, to nuts from beginning to end because I wanted to learn the process. And um, to your point, I, ha- I didn't have a mentor. I had a lot of research and I had a lot of books and, and kind of like what I said on my podcast, I didn't have one single source to go to. So I had to get the information and pull it all together and make it make sense for me. And then I got, I found a provider who sold ATMs. I bought an ATM from that provider. I linked up, signed contracts with that provider, and they supply me with the ATMs. And then I go out and search within my local market um, who is a good placement for an ATM business. And again, over the course of four to five years, I have grown from one single ATM to 13. And the power in that, this is not get rich quick. None of this is get rich quick. Um, this is a slow build over time. And so $2.50 today does not sound appealing to you. But if you multiply $2.50 times 10 transactions times 30 days, that's over $500. So it's a slow growth. It's a, it's not a get rich quick. It's a build wealth over time. And so 
you can imagine 13 of those doing the exact same thing every single day. I have essentially 13 pieces of real estate, or I have 13 employees that work 365, don't call out sick, don't have the flu, don't, you know, don't, they don't, they don't, they can't say they got COVID, right? I have 13 worker bees out there making me money literally while I sleep. And that was the first, when I got my first ATM, I remember sleeping in my bed and my phone was just going crazy because there's an app, there's software that comes with these ATMs so you can see what's going on with them. And my phone was going nuts. And I woke up and I looked over, the ATM had ran empty and it's calling home saying it needs to be refilled. But during the time of me sleeping, I was making money. And this is what Warren Buffett talks about. If you don't learn how to make money while you sleep, you'll literally work until the day you die. Wow. And none of us want to work until the day we die. We definitely want to have our money work for us and make money while we're sleeping. And um, I'm just going to plug these other things so the audience knows what are, what are some of the other ways you're creating passive income. You mentioned real estate, ATMs, you have vending machines, small business lending where you're loaning, um, loaning money to small businesses, and now CBD and hemp, which is the new industry. There are some states, if you're in the U.S., that does regulate um, cannabis, so it is legal, and I think it's California, Oregon, and I'm not sure what the other ones are. Definitely not where I am. It's not in Texas. We're a very red state, and they don't play that, um, and I think that's a new market that's booming because now people aren't just using CBDs um, for, you know, medicinal reasons, but they're also using it for other ways. And we do see there's different types of CBDs that you can use. Like whenever I did acupuncture, the doctor was using a CBD slab, but she was not selling it to the to the consumers because I definitely wanted it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is mesmerizing on my back. How much do you want for this? And she's like, I'm not selling this. <laughs> um, so it's definitely very good. And then esports, you mentioned, um, we talked about esports. So gaming is part of esports. And there's so many other ways, y'all, that you could have passive income. But for anyone out there that's listening, Marcus, and maybe they have a small amount of capital and they want to invest that capital in a smart way, what is the easiest and cheapest way um, to get involved into an industry that could start generating some passive income? Um, so great question. <laughs> That's a very loaded question. Depending on the amount, I, I will push you to the, a recommendation, but also what we talked about in the very beginning, what is your tolerance? Um, investing in any of these platforms requires patience. And so if you are not patient, um, I'm, I may just tell you to invest in your own personal development and knowledge, um, because investing in yourself is also a form of investing. But if you're if you have a certain threshold of pain that you're willing to tolerate, then I can point you to a few um, ideas and concepts, or you can check out my show for all the different passive income streams that I interview and we talk about talk on live. But um, if, for example, if you had $500 and you didn't need that for a while, then I would push you and you were a very, very passive income investor or a newbie, um, I would introduce you to things like stash and acorns and Robinhood. these are platforms that allow you to invest in in e-reits um real estate investment trusts and so those are some platforms that you can play with stash in particular i love the fact that they educate you 
while you invest. So you're not just going in blind. Same thing with Acorns. They invest you along the investment route and they give you tools and nuggets and budgets to, 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 to bring up discussions and thoughts in your head. If you have a little bit more, then you can go on to advance things like Pear Street, Fundrise, um, $5,000, $10,000, the bigger players, $25,000, then I would push you to things like Yield Street, Pear Street, and peer-to-peer lending. Amazing. And thank you for sharing that, Marcus. And now I'm going to throw you an audible and then we're going to jump into the call to action. So I'm respectful of your time commitment. So is there anything else that we didn't cover pertaining to the topic that you want to add value on so the audience could get, you know, that cherry on top? Um, <laughs> do something. Um, the biggest thing of about entrepreneurship is we are considered pioneers and we oftentimes are the ones that are jumping off a cliff and building a plane on the way down. Um, take the chance, the biggest chance you could take on your, on anything, the biggest risk is not doing anything. You want to, to leave this world fully engulfed and give it your best. Even if you fail, you still learn something. And so take the chance, take the plunge, take the risk. If you're scared, do it scared because you don't want to leave this world, leaving this world filled with potential, potential that you could have explored, potential that you could have taken out and done something with and really made a difference. So whatever it is, whatever your passion is, do it, give it a try. You're totally worth it. And who better to invest in you than you in order for you to have generational wealth as well as acquired wealth that you can enjoy it while you're still living. So Marcus, how can our audience connect with you via your website and where do you primarily hang out on social media? So I primarily hang out by my name, Marcus Norman on Facebook. <laughs> um, but you can connect with me via email at Marcus at gentlemanstylepodcast.com. You can connect with me on all social media platforms by my podcast name. And I'll be happy to provide assistance if I can or help where I can. Amazing, y'all. So I will definitely have Marcus's contact information in the show notes. And since he did mention his email, I will remember to drop that in too. So don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are on 40 plus platforms. We're also ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. If you're like me and you like to see video and really get to see people's face, then head on over to our YouTube channel and type in GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things of video. And you can see this video right there. And my big ask from you is sponsorships. We are looking for brand sponsors. If that is you and you want to have your products, your services heard right here with a global outreach, send me an email at genesisamariskemp at gmail.com or head on over to my website, genesisamariskemp.net. And feedback is a gift. So if there's a topic that we haven't covered yet, let me know what you want to hear. I got to support my community just like you support the guests that I bring on. 
aka Marcus Norman and some of the other amazing people and the mission which is to bring content that is educational, inspirational and motivational while we also bring in diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging because believe it or not it does take all of us coming together to make this world a better place. So until next time, peace, love and lots of blessings. And as Nike says, and as Marcus said, just do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor So please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.